standard issue for all women. Hello, Mickey here with a bonus Sunday chops. In this episode, we catch up with the fucking great Sarah Knight, self-titled anti-guru and author of the best-selling No Fucks Given Guides. She came in to share her cracking tips on how to deal with anxiety in both its lowercase and diagnosed guises. Her latest book, Calm the Fuck Down, is out now and available from all good bookshops, online and IRL. Sarah is a blast, in print and in person. We loved her and she had whale facts. We are joined by Sarah Knight, best-selling author of Global Sensation, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, and self-proclaimed no-nonsense anti-guru. Hey, Sarah. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks very much for coming. All right, first up, what makes a person an anti-guru? Well, I'm very bossy. I tell people things that they probably don't want to hear, mm-hmm. uh, but it turns out that those things help them. That's where the push and pull comes from. I'm a guru, but not the normal kind. And when did you discover this talent? Well, I've always had this talent, if you ask my mother um, or my (laughs) younger brother. But I I quit my corporate job in summer of 2015, so it's been a little over three years. And when I did that, I was very liberated of a number of things, including wearing pants and makeup to walk out the door and commuting by a subway an hour and a half a day. And when that happened, I got the idea for my first book, and then it just sort of snowballed from there. The life-changing magic of not giving a fuck was your first anti-guru book and your new guide to lessening the amount of fucks people give about life shit is called Calm the Fuck Down. It's a manual for dealing with anxiety in both its capital A and lowercase guises. What made you write it? I think this was the book that I actually needed the most for myself. As it turns out, even though I left corporate America, I did a lot of other things with my life in the last three years, including writing four books in three years and moving with my husband to a tropical island, foreign country with a new language I had to learn and all kinds of things. And I was getting a little bit freaked out. And I thought, you know, this is this is not tenable. I shouldn't be upset. I shouldn't be anxious. What's going wrong and how do I fix it? And so I worked really hard on that in the last year or so. And that's how Calm the Fuck Down was was born. To be clear, that tropical island isn't Britain, is it? <laughs> it no, it's, it's a little bit uh, southwest of, of England. It's a touch. <laughs> it's not Guernsey, is it? <laughs> there is a fairly basic tenet behind your advice could you explain it to us please well the the biggest tenet behind calm the fuck down and which goes for most of the other books is you know figuring out what you can control and what you can't and i call it the one question to rule them all can i control it and if the answer to that is no then you need to let it go and you need to stop spending your fucks your fuck bucks your time energy and money on those pursuits so people might know of my fuck budget system from the first book and also from my TED Talk, which has been uh, viewed quite a bit. Just I, in case they don't, could you give us a little rundown? I can. So my, my TED Talk, which you can find on YouTube, is all about my not sorry method for mental decluttering. And it's a two-step method uh, for discarding and organizing. Discarding the fucks you no longer give and organizing the time, energy, and money that you spend on the rest, on the things that make you happy. And uh, in Calm the Fuck Down, I carry that process forward in a more reactive way. So when something bad happens to you, when you're stressed out, I call them your freakout funds. And it is up to you to decide whether you are going to spend your freakout funds on freaking out or if you are going to spend them solving the problem at hand, mitigating the circumstances at hand, or just go off on your merry way and stop worrying about it because you can't control it. And I give advice on how to do that. Telling someone who's having a shit fit to calm the fuck down generally doesn't go too well, does it? (laughs) 
I admit that on the very first page, that it is not technically uh, something that you should tell anyone or that they want to hear. But the fact remains that if you are experiencing a problem that is causing you to freak out, you need to be able to solve it. And before you're going to be able to solve it, you do need to calm the fuck down. So this book is predicated on the idea that nobody else is giving you blunt, emotionless, pragmatic, bitchy advice because they're all trying to make you feel better. And I am not trying to make you feel better. I'm trying to make you better. <laughs> so There was a, a bit that I found particularly interesting, and that was the Goodwill Fund. Uh, yes, the fourth fund. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned fuck bucks and freak out funds, your time, energy and money. When it comes to calming the fuck down, you're drawing on what I call the fourth fund. And this is goodwill. And it is an account that is not maintained by you. It is maintained by others. Mm -hmm. So the more time you spend freaking the fuck out, the less likely people around you, your colleagues, your family, your spouse, your children are going to uh, want to extend you help and sympathy um, and aid in your time of need. And it's very much, you know, the, the boy who cried wolf scenario. You know, you really have to start figuring out when is a good time to draw on the fourth fund. When is it realistic and necessary? And the rest of the time, you know, maybe maybe uh, keep your crisis to yourself because people are getting a little annoyed by it. Sherry. That's the, <laughs> Sherry is the catch-all character in the book who I, I refer to throughout. I hope none of you are named Sherry. Which no, we, we, no, no. we all call Sherry. <laughs> I, I think that's really interesting because my friends and my family get exasperated with my ability to lose my phone, lose my passport, lose my purse five, six, seven times a day and go, oh, what have I done with it? Where is it? Where is it? And they will just raise their eyes to heaven. But however, when there is actually a genuine crisis, I never freak out. So I think that my goodwill comes from I'm good in an actual crisis. I freak out about where's my phone 30 times a day. That is brilliant. And I, I am impressed because I'm getting hives just thinking about you losing your passport. Uh, that just I'm I can't I can't handle that. For the listener, Sarah is sweating. <laughs> it was always just in my pocket. But it, it genuinely is. Yeah. Well, and you hug. know, part of calm the fuck down, like you were talking about, it's for lowercase anxiety sufferers and uppercase, you know, people like myself who've been clinically diagnosed with anxiety disorder. And the idea is that people don't necessarily freak out about the same things. You know, mm. some people freak out when the almond croissant is not available at Starbucks in the morning, but they're fine when their septic tank backs up. You know, it's, it's just it's different strokes for different folks. So in the book, I talk about, you know, we're not making a value judgment on your freakouts. I'm not telling you that your shit is worse than my shit. But the way to deal with it is a universal method of can I control it? It's probability the serenite shitstorm scale is it unlikely to happen or very likely and then whether it is imminent you know is it an outlying shitstorm is it imminent or is it total it's already upon you do you think it's genuinely that easy i can't control this so i'm just gonna sack it off and not do you think people can honestly just do that so what i tell everybody is it may not be easy or it may be on a spectrum of easy to, to more difficult depending on who you are but it's simple so all of the, the methods and techniques and ideas and logic that I put forward in all of my books are simple. It's a binary. It's yes or no. Can I control it? Yes or no. It's does this annoy me or does this bring me joy? Yes or no. And then acting upon these things, I try to give these very simple two or three step um, methods to work you through it and flowcharts. There are flowcharts in all the books. But I do think that it's simple. And then once you try it, a lot of the reason why we can't handle our lives, why we can't get our shit together, a little plug for my second book, um, why we can't calm the fuck down, has to do with our own fear 
that people are going to think ill of us or that we're going to fail. There's a lot of self-impediment going on. So usually when when I say, you know, just try it and somebody tries it and it works, that's just cognitive behavioral therapy. That's once you know something works, you're like, ooh, I want to try that again. You know, so I, I don't try to preach that it is easy for everyone. But to me, I'm very good at following precise small directions to get me from point A to point Z. And that's what I'm trying to offer people. What I really like is there is a section where it says if something is beyond your control, you have to accept that there's nothing you can do about it. But accepting it doesn't necessarily mean you will immediately be happy. Exactly. And I think that's a lot of confusion for people. It's like, well, I've accepted that, but I'm still sad. Yeah, sure. Well, you've just got to get through the sadness now. Yes. But stop trying to fix something you can't fix. And the way that I try to explain this is, you know, if you, if you say, can I control it? And you say no. You have already accepted the reality that you cannot control this thing. So you're already there. Even if you think, how oh, it's going to be so hard to accept that X, Y, or Z happened – You already did by answering the one question to rule them all with a no. So then you get to feel however you want to feel about it for a little while. And then I move on to the concept of emotional puppy crating, which is when you let your emotional puppies run wild for a little while. You're sad, you're angry, whatever, just like a real puppy. But then you have to pick it up by the emotional puppy scruff of the neck and put it in a crate because then and only then can you solve the problem at hand. You cannot get anything done with puppies running around. You need the logic cats. The logic cats. Oh, (laughs) yes. Cats are the spirit animal of calm the fuck down um, and I'll fight anybody who thinks otherwise. Can I just say that swearing is fucking great, right? It's fantastic. It's it's fan-fucking-tastic. How did you find that way of delivering your advice? Where did that come from? It just comes from my mouth. I mean, I I was... My heart and my soul. I was telling somebody else recently that it's, it's been so great to luck into this second career and be able to just sort of be who I am, both in real life, on the page, on social media. I don't have to worry about projecting a different persona as, you know, Sarah Knight, self-help author versus Sarah Knight, because that would get really hard to keep track of. I'm, I'm able to be authentic, speak authentically, and also show people that, yes, like I have a lot of really good methods for calming the fuck down. But also sometimes I freak out when I'm going on a transatlantic flight and I start tweeting at JetBlue about, you know, why they're making a particular announcement. And so people see that I'm just as much of a normal basket case as everybody else. It's just that these are the ways that I've figured out how to rein it in and maybe it'll work for you too. Rather than trying to be like, I am the Zen master and I know, you know, I'm completely calm at all times. Like that's just not who I am. I'm a fucking nutcase. (laughs) (laughs) So this fourth book, Calm the Fuck Down, Mm -hmm. is this the one that you think you will use as a manual yourself. Absolutely. The other ones I mentally refer back to every once in a while when I have to sort of reset boundaries with my family or with people who are constantly asking me to do things for them. But I pretty much have my shit together. I don't really have to refer back to that book. That's like, that's pretty innate at this point. And, you know, calm the fuck down. I I do. I work through my steps. It's it's really a long form serenity prayer with, with curse words and graphics. Um, is what it is. And I didn't really know that until I started writing it. And then I was like, this seems familiar. Acknowledge the problem, accept the reality, and then address, oh, yeah, okay. No, that's basically like... And again, it's that notion that accepting the reality doesn't mean you have to be happy with it. No, you do not. You're totally allowed to not be happy. 
I would not be happy about a lot of things. People write to me, you know, I solicited from my Twitter following and I did a, a Google survey, an anonymous Google survey to say, you know, what's the most recent shit that happened to you and what are you worried about? And it was a vast range, you know, people who are worried about potentially losing their job because they made some mistake and people who are worried about running out of milk tomorrow for their cereal and people who are worried about having an ugly baby and people who, I mean <laughs> it's one of my favorites it was just like a all babies are a bit ugly that's though, exactly they? what Sarah <laughs> says <laughs> you can't control that shit like, even if you have a beautiful baby it might not be beautiful when it's 11 so it showed me that there was just so much that people were that people were worried about and that developing a rubric that not only I could easily refer back to but that the readers could easily refer back to might help people just let go of like 75% of the stuff, you know, because I acknowledge in the book that it's it's not totally – I call it the no worries method, but you can't really have no worries. I think we all understand that. But like if you can reduce them by a great deal, then you're you're winning. Okay, so I have a question. Yes. You don't have a government currently. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a government, but we'd rather we didn't currently. Right. Do we? <laughs> How, when the world is a bimfire, which it currently <laughs> is, how, how do you deal with that? So I have a whole section in the book called How to Calm the Fuck Down About the World Falling Apart. I'm not going to say I didn't know while I was writing this book that everybody was going to need it. I, I could tell that the world was going in that direction. And, you know, some of my advice is, like, you want to – well, at least I want to remain an informed citizen, right? I don't want to bury my head in the sand. In the book, I call that ostriching. Um, that's avoidance, which is one of the four faces of freaking out, and it doesn't really help you. So I do consume the news, but I am very disciplined with myself about walking, you know, putting the Twitter down, walking away from the TV. If my husband's watching CNN, I might just leave the room because there's only so much of it that I can handle because it makes me so upset. Another thing I do is I add like palliative reads into the mix. So, for example, I do like to read the Washington Post. I like to know what's going on, but I also like to follow Pepito the cat on Twitter, which is just footage of a cat in France going in and out of his cat door and it says Pepito is out or Pepito is back home. I've been showing everyone Pepito the cat. I love He's my new favorite thing. I, I love Pepito. I quite like Daily Fox where they just tweet a picture of a fox Fantastic. Every day. Emergency Daily Fox. Emergency like Daily Fox. And there's also a whale fact which is very amusing. What's uh, your best whale Twitter. fact? Well, they, they're just hilarious. They're like, most whales were bullied when they were kids, but it's okay. They forgive their tormentors. <laughs> you know? Whales can never find genes that fit. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just really funny. If you can add this kind of stuff to your life, if you have to follow the news and you have to keep aware of, you know, whatever trash fire is going on, give yourself something else fun to look at. Also for me, and this is, I know this is, you know, economic privilege talking, but I like to donate to things. I, when I get really upset and mad, I'm like, all right, what good cause needs my money? And it's not just a good cause. It's a person, you know, on Facebook, it's always somebody's house burned down. And I'm like, how how many hundreds of dollars can I give you? Like, this is something that I've been able to do lately in my life, and it makes me feel better. But there are ways that aren't financial. There are other freakout funds that you can devote to causes, time and energy that you can do that'll just make you feel like you're doing your very small part to control a very tiny piece of good that is being done um, in the world. And that, you know, I think is is probably good for the, the heart. Donate well. some blood if you can't donate money. It, you can donate yeah. semen. I can't. I do can't. That. No, well, no. One could. Yeah, yeah. One could. <laughs> okay, so I am in the middle of a shitstorm. It's not. It's not imminent. It's total, mm -hmm. and I am freaking out. 
what is the one hot tip that you would give me to calm the foot down? Okay, so if it's if the shitstorm is already upon you, it's happening. It's a total shitstorm, and so there there is no more calming the fuck down. There is only dealing with it, and dealing with it is part two of the book. And so there, it's a it's a three prong method. It's take stock, identify your realistic ideal outcome, and triage. So throughout the whole book, I've brought you to this moment of okay, the shit is upon you. What do you need to do? It's like you parachuted into enemy territory. You have one minute to get your bearings. You just have to really quickly take stock. What just happened to me? What is that? What can I do about it? Like, what are my options? The realistic ideal outcome, the Rio, I, I find extremely useful because if you need to solve a problem, if you need to mitigate a crisis, if you just need to get out of it as unscathed as possible, even though you accept some scathing, you have to know what's realistic. You have to be honest with yourself about what you're capable of doing to get out of this mess. You have to be honest with what – if it can't be fixed, what the the salvage job is. Because if you start down a path of something unrealistic, an unrealistic goal, you're just never going to get there. And then the third thing is triage. And it's just a fancy word for prioritizing, which is the core of all of my books. And, um, you know, if you watch – I don't know what you have here that's the equivalent of like ER or Chicago Hope or like House – casualty. You know, they're always triaging. And that just means look at the fire that needs to be put out first and the one that's most likely to be put out. If that one over there is highly unlikely to be solved, let it burn. Work on the stuff that, you know, that has a chance of being of being salvaged. So the whole book is about teaching people to be able to react in real time, to talk themselves down from the ledge, let the puppies run free for a minute, and then rein them in and deal with it, you know, whatever it is. Theresa May, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) What is next for you, Sarah? Well, I'm supposed to be writing a fifth no fucks given guide. This How are people still giving fucks? Why why haven't they learned? Yet? Well, they're 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 learning to give and 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 not give fucks about different things. So, the the new book, the next book is going to be all about saying no. I'm not quite ready to announce its title because I'm still arguing with my publishers over its title. Not arguing in a bad way. We're debating. <laughs> yeah. Having a robust I vote no fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> that, Believe me, there is a list <laughs> of options. Fuck that, no. Um, and and so I have started writing it, and then I'm taking a little break because I am in the lovely United Kingdom doing publicity for Calm the Fuck Down, and then I will get right back to it after like a three-day three rest. And where can people find you and Calm the Fuck Down? They can find me at nofucksgivenguides.com. I'm very proud of this website. My husband built it. He's a genius. And all of the information about all of the books and all of the stuff about me and my life and all the articles I've ever written, everything is is downloadable, readable, purchasable from nofucksgivenguides.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much Thank for having you. me. Standard issue for all women.